From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about how the two of you can navigate differences in desire in your marriage. And there's a quote from James D. Watson that says, our goal should be to understand our differences. Mm -hmm. And that really comes into play when we start talking about desire and and differences in desire in marriage. And that's what we're going to be digging into today's show. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family, someone whose marriage has experienced transformation or they've had breakthrough in a particular area. And this hug comes from a Facebook message that we received that says, we just finished watching the 10th anniversary special video podcast. And that was that was a treat last week that we did for mm-hmm. the one family. We loved being able to give you guys a little bit of behind the scenes. She goes on to say, I know the thank yous and congrats messages have been pouring in all day for you and Tony, including from me. But watching you get choked up and talking about your realization of how big this movement is gave me all the feels, mm. mostly enormous gratefulness. And I wanted to say again, Our marriage, our relationship, and each of us individually has been touched so deeply and profoundly in ways I didn't even imagine, all growing out of my stumbling on a podcast. Mm. From the first minutes of listening to you and Tony, I admired how real you were and could immediately feel how invested you were in people, in marriage, and in me and my marriage, even though you didn't even know me. We both feel so happy to be connected to this family and be part of this marriage movement. So just another round of thank you so very much for all you do. You are making a difference in big ways. And I know what, and I know that I don't say love you casually, but I do love you guys. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And if you didn't catch it, so for the 10th anniversary show, we decided actually video Elisa and I doing the podcast, which we have done for 10 years now plus, and wanted to just give you a little insight to what it looks like. I thought it came out looking pretty dang good. Our video guy did a fantastic job. If you want to see it, it's episode 552. Uh, You're not going to find it in an app. You know, you're not going to find it in the app. So you're going to have to come on over to the site. So that's one extraordinary marriage.com slash 552. You can watch it there. Or if you subscribe on YouTube, go check it out there. It was just a fun behind the scenes. And just to give you a little glimpse on what it looks like when Tony and I are behind the microphones each week. And, and as we jump into today's show, we're talking about, you know, what it looks like, right? When there are challenges in a marriage and one of, one of the biggest areas in, of challenge, and it's this crazy little six letter word that I think probably has been wreaking havoc on marriage since the beginning of time. And, and it's a word that, that when it's in a positive way, it's, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everybody's all energized and excited. But when there are huge differences, it feels like literally like the weight of the world is on, you know, both spouses shoulders. Oh yeah, for sure. And in case you haven't figured out already, those six letters are, you know, spell out the word desire and desire because, you know, if you haven't been around for a while, I like definitions. I like that we all play on the same field because, and this is just a little side note in communication. If you don't know what the word is, really means or how your spouse is using it, feel free to ask them. Mm -hmm. It'll make it so much easier for everybody. 
But the word desire can be defined as a longing, a craving. And within marriage, it's often used in reference to sexual appetite. And we'll hear phrases like high desire, low desire. And it's this difference, this identity, right, of high Mm -hmm. desire, low desire that that causes such a big challenge in marriage. It's the identification as one spouse or the other that creates this environment that has bitterness in it, Mm -hmm. resentment, anger. One person even said, you know, there's guilt on both sides, guilt for wanting sex and guilt for not wanting it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, totally. Frustration. And you know, the truth of the matter is, is that you can have a marriage that has a low desire husband and a high desire wife. And there are marriages out there that have high desire husbands and low desire wives. There's no, like, this is just all men are high desire Mm -hmm. and all women are low desire. I, I, I need to put that out there. We need to put that out there at the very start of the show, because especially in the situations where it's a high desire wife and a low desire husband, those couples often feel very isolated because the stereotype is the, is the reverse. Mm -hmm. And in our marriage, we tend to be a little bit more stereotypical over the years. We have been, and we know that this is even the case in, in the one family. Cause I asked the question, uh, on a recent poll on Instagram, I said, you know, in your marriage, who would you say has the higher desire? And 72% of those who responded said that it was the husband. Mm Mm-hmm which means that there's still a quarter of couples out there, a little over a quarter of couples out there where the wife has high desire. And they're struggling with this difference because the high desire spouse, they, they, they crave, we're going to go back to that definition, they crave that sexual connection. It is an actual physical need. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been challenged with that. And, you know, There are a lot of reasons why there are differences in desire. And I think we do, and it changes. I mean, we've seen, we were even sharing about this in the last, the last show, how we've seen our desire change over the years. Oh yeah. You know, where I I think when we started, when we got first got together, I would have easily said you were the high desire spouse. Yes. And that was the case for many, many years. I do believe though, that with us bringing in the intimacy lifestyle Mm -hmm. and how we've been able to really stick to that for better part of 12 years now, that's really changed the way we see desire. Early on, it didn't. I would say though, over the last, gosh, eight to 10 years, I really do believe that being in the intimacy lifestyle and having that set up has really shifted our mindset to it doesn't matter who has a high desire or who's a low desire because we're not going to identify or put that label on ourselves or on our marriage. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to live out the intimacy lifestyle. And through that, both of us are going to have times when, and I've seen it happen in our marriage where there are times when I do have the higher desire and I'm like, oh yeah, we this week or this month, I just feel like I'm more sexually in need of that connection right? and vice versa. Mm-hmm. There have been weeks and months where I've noticed that you tend to be more that I, I'm craving, I want this. And I'm going, Elisa, like, all right, we, we just had sex yesterday. Like, relax. You, you, uh, it, that's what I'm saying in my mind. He would and, never say that out loud. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say that out loud. And I really do believe it comes to this place for us where we did have those differences 
we set up the intimacy lifestyle. And for those of you who are interested in what that is, I mean, really at the core of it, it it's scheduling sex. Mm-hmm. We believe in that. We've talked about it for forever. And if you want to learn more about it, one slash 140 is the first time we talk about scheduling sex. And, and then there are subsequent ones where we talk about the intimacy lifestyle. And I'll put some links here in the show notes here for you guys. Um, but a big piece of it is that we honor each other. Right. We honor each other where we're at and what we're doing through the intimacy lifestyle. Well, and I think it's so interesting that society has really led us to believe that these differences in desire just have to be accepted, right? That that over the course of a lifetime of a marriage, we're, we're just going to get to a point where that's just the way it is. One spouse mm-hmm. is going to be high and one spouse is going to be low. And, you know, who needs to have sex anyway, right? I mean, that's that gets thrown out there. I mean, people, people, and I don't know where this came from. It baffles me that we we have this mentality that over the life of a marriage that, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it if you're the high desire spouse. And, you know, case in point, and we we debated bringing this up, but it has like resonated so deeply with me that I need to bring it up. There is a football coach who mm. was on a podcast at the start of the football season. He's an NFL football coach. And he made the comment that he would cut off his penis to win a Super Bowl. It was, a, it, was, it was a Tennessee Titans Tennessee head coach. Titans head coach. And, and that in and of itself was shocking to me. I'm like, dude, it's, I mean, I love football, but come on. But then there was a follow-up comment, you know, as the guys were all kind of like joking about it, where he said, you guys will be married for 20 years one day. You won't need it. You won't need it. And I'm like, but why? But why? And, and then there was this whole banter about his wife and, and she actually, you know, put up on social media that she'd help him do it. You know, there's all of this kind of stuff going around. And I'm thinking, have they gotten to a point in their marriage where the differences in desire are so great that he's like, you know what? I don't need this. If it's going to help me win a Super Bowl, well, it's better than just not being used mm. because the difference in desire may be so great in their marriage that he's just like, well, pff, Super Bowl rings kind of nice. Yeah, and you're and you're guesstimating into I'm what's happening I'm in their marriage. We yeah. don't know I, I don't exactly know. what's going on in their marriage. I do think that that comment really tweaked you, though. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. I'm still fired up. Yes, it it, it really it really tweaked Elisa because she did call me when she saw that and was like, "I do not get this one bit." Well, because what's happening is that's being put out there that we're getting into this place where everybody accepts that there's going to be differences in desire and then we can't do anything about it. Right. Mm, there's this hopelessness yeah. that says, well, you know, throw up my hands. I'd rather have a Super Bowl ring than figure out how to have sex with my spouse or make that a vital part of our marriage or get my spouse on board with having sex because what's being created here. And I am like sweating right now. You guys, I'm so fired up about this. Oh my gosh. Is that those feelings specifically for the high desire spouse that keeps getting heard. No, those feelings of being rejected, of being unloved and unwanted easily do spiral into bigger things. And I need to share this because Mm. it's not being talked about often enough, but those feelings of rejection. And we've talked about how the pain of rejection is like, like a physical pain. It's like being punched, but those those repeated rejections turn into feelings of depression. Mm -hmm. They turn into anxiety. Do I, don't I, should I even try and initiate? Will I just be rejected again? All of these thoughts. And it can even, and I'm going to go there. It can even turn into feelings and thoughts of suicide. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when we don't address what are the underlying causes and the differences of desire. And how do we find a resolution within a marriage? 
it, it's that big of a deal that, that we need to talk through this because people do not get married to have to beg their spouse to have sex with them. No. It, it's not in the wedding vows. I promise that I will beg you for sex for the rest of our lives. It doesn't show up. It's not there. They don't find themselves getting married so that they repeatedly will say to their spouse, you know what? I don't want to have sex with you. Not tonight. Like nobody gets married thinking this is what the conversation's going to be. We, we don't get married to, to wonder whether or not the person that we said I do to in front of God, friends, and family wants to have sex with us. There's so much emotional energy that is being spent literally around the world with couples who are like, why? Why don't they want to have sex with me? Why do I always get turned down? Why can't we? You know, and it goes both ways because the low desire spouse is like, why don't they just understand me? Why aren't we connected like this? Why can't we have a conversation? It's not just the high desire spouse that's struggling. It's the low desire spouse. It's why I shared that quote at the beginning that said, you know, we need to understand, we need to work to understand our differences because it's tearing couples apart. We're getting the messages where mm. people are thinking about suicide because they haven't had sex because their spouse has rejected them because they don't know what to do with this desire they have for their spouse. We have to address this within the one family. If we're going to have breakthrough as marriages, if we're going to create a shift, we have to take a look at these labels that we've just accepted in our marriage and say, hold on a second. Why did, and guys, I'm like raising my hands here. I accepted the low desire label. I would, I would totally agree with you on that. I would say though, now do we, do we see ourselves with that on us? And as I was thinking through this episode and we're talking about desire and yes, mine, I feel like has waned as I've gotten older. I don't even think of us like that anymore. And it's weird to, to really say that because I know early on when we, when we did start the show, that was a big thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, that was a big thing for us that, you know, what does it look like in, in the struggle we had together? And I find it very interesting, though, as we have gone through the intimacy lifestyle, like, I don't even think about that as myself anymore. It's just like, no, I mean, we have a, a healthy sex, a sex life and there are times when I'm really interested and then there are times when I, I, I'm not as interested and you are interested and you're not as interested in, and I, and I think having done that has really helped my mindset to go, no, we're both compatible. Mm -hmm. We're both compatible wow. sexually and neither one of us has a higher or lower desire. It's just that there are times when one is more interested and one isn't. Mm -hmm. And so going through the intimacy lifestyle and knowing what that looks like and, and making sure again, Oh, I, I, I got to say this word again, because it, it's just been on my heart to share what it means to honor your spouse and honor your marriage vows. It, it, this isn't a tit for tat. This isn't a, um, I'll do it because, and this isn't a respect and a love thing either. This is an honor. How do you honor your spouse? How do you honor others? How do you lift them up? How do you raise them up? And I believe that when we see that word and we honor what we have, this, this amazing, uh, I don't want to say ability, but this amazing connection mm -hmm. that we call marriage. Mm -hmm. And 
if we honor one another in that marriage, we're both going to get what we want, which is we want to have sex and that desire on both sides is going to be met. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's perfect every single time. That's not what I'm saying, but there there is this place of of a connection where we're both truly enjoying it. Because I would say that you you enjoy our sex life more now than you probably ever have, and and it's been that process of honoring one another when things don't work out. When they do, it, it's back and forth. I can 100% say that I enjoy our sex life now more than I ever have. And and I tell people that all the time. And I, and then I have to say, yeah, and I've been married for 23 years. And I will even say where we're at now, just in your age and what we're going through, there's definitely differences happening. Oh, for there's sure. definitely difference, differences happening with your female parts, with where you are mentally at times. And I feel like there's still, there's still times when, Wow, like things that never would have brought up any type of like concern or issue in the moment five years ago, 10 years ago, now does. And I'm like, whoa, where, where did that come from? Like that's out of nowhere. So for those of you that are wondering, because you don't know how old we are, Tony and I are in our mid forties. I'm 45 and 46 as of this recording. So in case anybody's like, okay, what is he talking about in your age? You know, and, and it's true. It's true. Your bodies w- are going to change. I would have never thought this in my twenties or thirties. Oh heck! No. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't even thought of it like in my late thirties, maybe even hitting 40, 41. But I do believe over the last five years, there there have been some physical changes that we're we're navigating. Yeah, yeah, and, and but you know, part of it too is that that we have to get away from this place that sex is a tug of war in marriage. Mm. That everybody's going to end up in, you know, miserable and in the mud and just covered up and, and getting to that place where, you know, solving the differences in desire, creating a game plan around this is not just one person's responsibility. Can I, can I be real clear that it's going to take both of you. It's going to take the high desire spouse to understand what's going on with the low desire spouse and what their challenges are. And the low desire spouse to look at the high desire spouse and understand just how important sex is for them because you Knowing that, understanding that, and appreciating that, that's where you get to the point where you can create a plan for your marriage. You don't have to stay stuck in this place. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. So first, you've got to take a look at the fact that differences in desire are normal, but they're not set in stone. Like there is no, there is no book, no concrete monument that says there's always going to be a high desire spouse and there's always going to be a low desire spouse. 
but it's time to have that conversation of saying, what does our sexual connection mean to you? What does it look like for you? If you're the low desire spouse, right? Answer the question on what keeps you from having more desire for your spouse. And I want to say something here. I don't know. Like if you were sitting in front of me and we were having a coaching session, I don't know is not an acceptable answer. Spend some time with yourself and get to know what the answer is. Are there emotional challenges that the two of you have faced? Are there hurts that you're still working through? Are, are there physiological changes like we talked about that you are, that you're dealing with? And I will say for those of you who are having kids and you just had a child maybe. Yes. Do realize, husband and wife, do realize there's hormonal changes that are happening and that can really dictate how you, how you desire your spouse. It's that, real. It's real. And, and as much as we wish it wasn't in that, and, and because I remember being in that stage mm -hmm. and I wish somebody would have said that to me and said, Hey, Tony, realize like Elisa's hormones are like out of whack. She just had a kid. She just pushed a kid out. Her hormones are just crazy. She's up late. She's, you know, not getting a lot of sleep. She's breastfeeding. Her hormones are a little crazy right now. I wish I wish somebody would have said that to me and just said, realize that her desire will come back. It, it will. It's having the conversations though that are needed going through it that are important. What we don't want to see you do is what we did is what we basically shut down. Mm -hmm. So we shut down the emotional intimacy with one another and then we had no idea what was going on. And so then there's this weird, they're just weird conversations. And how do you get back to sex when you haven't been having the emotional connection? Right. So connect emotionally. Ask these, what does our sexual co connection mean to you? What keeps you from feeling more desire for me? Well, right now my hormones are out of whack. It's, it's can be a quick conversation, but it needs to be a heartfelt conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, let's make sure we're, we're, we're engaged and it's just like, no, not having it right now. Because that really is just turning off your spouse to stop the conversation. And if we're not having the emotional intimacy, I will tell you that the sexual intimacy is tough to get to and the desire part gets really sticky. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's taking that action. Are these tough conversations to have? Yes. Like, I'm not going to tell you this is going to be, you know, like, ha, 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 that was funny and that was easy and all this. No, they're hard conversations. Sex matters in a marriage. And mm -hmm. so when you're not having it or when it's it's mismatched desire, those are tough conversations. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're not necessary just because it's hard. And no matter where you are, if here's the thing that we hear a lot. Well, in my family, we never talked about sex. Okay. That was your family. In my family, we didn't talk about sex either doesn't mean you can't start talking about sex with your spouse right now. What are you willing to do? If this is a year where we've been talking about like our, our hashtag this year is dream again. And Elisa opened up like when, we, when you sat there or you stood there and you said our I do's, there are dreams about your sexual intimacy. Don't allow the past or what your parents said you could or couldn't do stop you from truly living the life in the marriage you desire. Because if you want to dream again, you're going to have to go, you know what? I got to change that talk. I got to change the way that I'm going to speak to my husband, to my wife about sexual intimacy. And I'm going to have that breakthrough. And yeah, is it going to be tough? Sure. This didn't come easy for Elisa and I. We were willing to just keep going at it though. 
And we still have those conversations. And some of them are still tough to this day. It's never going to just be like, oh, this is easy and we're just sailing through and nothing's ever. No, that's part of it. And yet to dream again Mm -hmm. is to have at least one conversation around your sexual intimacy and around your desire. Absolutely. And and that's, that's really where the crux of this is. What are you willing to try? You know, for some of you, you have to try having those first conversations. You have to try, you know what? We're going to talk about this for for five or 10 minutes. It's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be crazy. We're just going to like one question around desire. Some of you just need to jumpstart your sexual intimacy and you may need to consider something like the seven days of sex challenge. Mm -hmm. We've seen that happen many a times. Some couples just get out of the habit. They haven't made it a priority. They haven't gotten into this place of saying, you know, they've just taken on these identities. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, well, that's just the way it is. Well, sometimes you just got to say, you know what, let's do this. And I will tell you, and we've heard it time and time again, that having sex, like it gets all the muscles flowing, right? Or or stretched or whatever. And so you get back into that mindset of, oh yeah, we do this. One thing I wanted to bring up, we did an episode recently called Leave It Behind. Mm, Leave It Behind. And maybe this is one area you haven't thought about leaving behind the, the, just the weight Mm -hmm. of your sexual intimacy. You know, you, you've lived through this for so long, you don't even think about it. It's just sort of like, this is sort of the pressure that we're under when it comes around our sexual intimacy. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. And then honestly, write down everything you want to leave behind. So that way you can dream again for your sexual intimacy. This is one area of our marriage. And a lot of us don't take, we, we just don't think about it. When people say leave it behind, they're talking about, hey, debt and car loans and houses and, you know, mortgages, you know, medical bills or, you know, medical ailments or things of that nature. We're here because we're all about sex, love and commitment. Mm -hmm. And that first one is sex. And so we want to talk about it so that you can leave behind that negative mindset that's holding you back from truly having the extraordinary in your marriage. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I want to bring up is, is something that Tony's referred to many, many times in the show in terms of what are you willing to try? And, and I want to encourage you to really consider what the intimacy lifestyle is going to look like in your mm-hmm, marriage this mm-hmm. year. Yes, because yes, yes. Tony is absolutely right. We wore those identities. I would have told you like in the first decade of our marriage, I would have told you for sure. Tony's the high desire and I'm the low desire. And that's just the way it is. And I control sex and you know, yada, yada, yada. But the reality is, is that because we've spent over a decade now, refining what the intimacy lifestyle looks like in our marriage. I I don't think about high desire, low desire. I think about the fact that sex is important in marriage. I think about the fact that we have the honor and the privilege to do this uh, for one another and with one another. And that, yeah, are there times that I'm angry at Tony and I don't want to? Sure. But you know what? I know what's on the other side of this connection. I know what happens when we work through our stuff. I know what that looks like. And if we're going to be if we're, if we're going to be the one family that actually changes how the world sees marriage, part of that change has to start in our bedrooms. It has to start with how we choose to connect with our spouses. It's our willingness to actually look at life from their point of view and say, what's our plan? Just because you've always identified as high desire or low desire, what's our plan to make the sexual intimacy a mm-hmm. vital component in our marriage? Whatever that looks like for us. You know, we know that there are couples in the one family that can't actually have sexual intercourse, but their sexual intimacy is off the roof because they figured out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to look at those things and say, what can we do? How are we going to dream again this year and make this area of our marriage? We're not going to buy into the labels. 
We're not going to keep using the labels with each other, but instead we're going to say, what do we create as a couple, as a couple that said, I do, how do we create a game plan that honors what we said all of those years ago? And I don't care if it was last week or if it was 50 years ago to have and to hold is typically part of every wedding ceremony that we've ever been to Mm -hmm. some variation on that to have and to hold. There's a level of intimacy in there. So what are you going to do? Get rid of the labels and start creating a game plan so that you can actually step into this place with your spouse this year because, oh my gosh, I will tell you not having that high desire, low desire label, we just connect. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice that we've made and it's a choice that some days has been harder than others. I will tell you, we've been doing the intimacy lifestyle for like 12 years, you guys. There are still times where mm-hmm. fatigue or stress or health wins out. But as you develop this muscle, the ability to talk about your sexual intimacy, high desire, low desire, you actually develop the ability to be closer to one another. Yeah. And that desire doesn't become a force that's in between you working against each other. You guys now see it and you work together on the same team. So take that, take it, realize you guys that sexual desire, we have it. You have it, but you can use it for good. And that's the cool part. In your marriage, you can take that sexual desire and use it for something that's so beautiful, so connecting, that you guys can dream again, that you guys can have the emotional connection that you desire. You can romance one another. You can do so much when you go after it and realize that together you are stronger. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. We're excited as you start jumping in. That you just realize we're going we're gonna to break off labels right now and we're just declaring over your lives that your sexual desire for one another is going to grow and you guys are going to have the best sex in 2020. Love you guys. Take care and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.